We're going to get right into our teaching. I think Dr. Hardy got caught up. <laughs> Did she make it back yet? No. Okay, do we? Am I good? Okay. So the title of the teaching on today, uh, we're going to continue along really the apostolic. I told you guys, if you have not read the book by John Apostle John Eckhart, um, Moving in the Apostolic, it is a perfect description of what we are becoming, what we are doing. Uh, this is a reformation ministry, meaning you can't go across the street and get this. You can't go down the block and get this. You can't tune into YouTube and get this. This is a new movement, okay? The father wants his children. His son died so that his father could have children. He didn't die just so we can clap our hands, stump our feet. Okay, he didn't die so we can run around. He didn't die so we can just pray in tongues. After all that is said and done, it should be a stronger child. Okay, it should be a victorious child. All right, it should be a child that Satan is scared of. The demons were scared of Jesus. They said, have you come to torment me before my time? The Bible say the creation is waiting. It ain't waiting on the praise break. Okay, the creation is waiting. As a matter of fact, it's not just waiting, it's groaning. It's groaning in anticipation. It's waiting for what? Sons of God. It's waiting for the daughters. It's waiting for the children to stand up and say, you know what? This is my father's kingdom. No more. But it starts in your mind. It starts in your heart. So the, t- the title of the teaching on today is, are you recording? We good? Okay. First things first. And in reading the book by Apostle Eckhart, uh, sometimes I'll read a book or I'll start to study a thing and it'll just, um, the father deals with me in, in various ways. Sometimes he'll give me a topic. Uh, sometimes he'll just give me the scriptures and then he'll give me the topic from the scriptures. But he said one thing in here and it, he was talking about the law of first. Okay. And there has to be order. The law of first things or it's the law of order. It's also a thing called the law of Genesis. All right. If you don't do these things first, you end up violating spiritual laws. Okay. It's certain things. If you don't do this first, you end up violating spiritual laws. Okay. The law of Genesis states that if we don't start off right, we can't end right. It's impossible. Okay. If we start off wrong, we, and we find out that we have to stop and start over. That's why Jesus told the Pharisees, look, you are not going to be able to put this new wine in those old wine skins. You got to start it all over. That was one of the things I loved about Miles Monroe. When he taught about the kingdom, he started at Genesis. He didn't start in the book of Acts. He didn't start in the Gospels. Did Jesus talk about the kingdom in the Gospels? Absolutely. Matter of fact, it was the most frequent topic. But you don't want to start in the middle of the Bible to start to teach things. You want to make sure that this was something that was established before the foundation of the world. The strength of this ministry is this, that all of these teachings are extracted from before the foundation of the world. 
before the foundation of the world, the father had a plan. Before the foundation of the world, the father had a plan. He did, the plan didn't start on the cross. The cross was because of the plan. The cross was to bring us into the covenant. The covenant didn't start with the cross. It didn't start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It didn't start with the apostles. These things started before the foundation of the world. That's what we extract predestination. Predestination. How many of y'all know you predestined? Now, y'all ain't happy. Y'all must not know what that means. How many of y'all know y'all are predestined? Meaning before you arrived to this planet, he gave you a destiny. You ain't got to figure it out. All you got to do is talk to him. That's all you have to do is talk to him. You don't have to figure it out. All you got to do is ask him, Father, why did you create me? It's, a, it's too many scriptures. They said this thing was established before the foundation of the world. And so the apostolic movement starts with a plan. All right. Somebody has to be sent. Abba's kingdom is ran on this same law, the law of first order. First things first. Say it with me. First things first. All right. All right. Did we put the definition? Did we do the definition? We didn't? Okay. Okay. When we're talking about first, we're talking about first in time or first in place. We're talking about first in rank, meaning influence, honor, those who are chief. Um, Jesus was known as a, as a leader. You have rulers. These are all, you don't need a leader unless you have a plan. We only need a leader if we're going somewhere. Okay, you only need a ruler if there's something to rule, something to rule over. Okay, the Bible says that, that Jesus was the chief priest. He was the first to go in the Holy of Holies. He was the chief cornerstone. He was the first part of the plan. He was the chief shepherd. Everybody under him are under shepherds. He's the first shepherd. He is the shepherd of this flock. We're just holding it down until he come back. First also means in order. In order, okay, one, two, three, four, order, A, B, C, D, order. You can never put D before A. You can never put four before one. There always has to be an order. And so our first scripture on tonight is going to come from tonight, look at me, on today is going to come from 1 Corinthians 12 and 28, and we've already talked about this scripture, so you should be familiar with it. But first order is a law. It is a rank in the spirit realm. We have to recognize it because this is the way the Father sees it. All right? One thing we have to get out of our system is how we see things. If we all see things according to how the father sees it, then we see it the same. I'm going to say it again. We have to get this thing out of our spirit of how we see things. 
Okay, we have to see things according to how the father sees things. If we don't see things the way he sees things, we're wrong. Amen. You hear it all the time. Well, this is how I feel. Nobody care how you feel. This is how I see things. Nobody care how you see things. If we're going to be a community, the Bible says we have to have one mind and one heart. How do we do that? By seeing it one way. The way the father says in the household, in this household is one father. Jesus said a slave cannot remain in the household forever, but a son can. So as long as a son is in the household, they can only see it Abba's way. And the scripture reads, and God has appointed in the church. Who appointed? Who? Who? Okay, we need to know. So y'all don't say I appointed. Or you don't think you appoint. And God has appointed in the church. Now this ain't in your home. This is in the church. First apostles. The apostle is not the apostle of your home. Okay? We're not trying to run your home, but when it comes to running this church, the church, it is first apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then. Then. So first apostles. Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Then. Miracles. Then gifts of healing. Then helps administrations in various kinds of tongues. Now, this deals with order and importance. Order because somebody has to lead the way. All right. Somebody has to oversee. Somebody has to be the pioneer. Somebody has to start it. Somebody has to be first to establish order. So he said first Apostles, when it comes to a business, somebody had to start the business. <laughs> when it comes to a franchise, I know y'all love Chick-fil-A. Somebody had to start that. Somebody was first to take a chicken sandwich and some waffle fries and rock our world. <laughs> We've been lining up since. When it comes to government, somebody has to be first. There has to be a king. There has to be a president. There has to be a mayor. Somebody has to be first. The father ordained order so we would know who is first. So we would know who is overseeing. The importance of it is, is because a foundation always has to be built. All right. A lot of things that's going on in church right now is because you have pastors who have established church and there no apostle. So what you see is a pastor going, 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 and then they have to stop, shut everything down and go find an apostle to sit under. Happens all the time. That's why our heart, our ministry hierarchy starts with the apostle sets the foundation. Then the prophet teaches you how to see, how to hear, and how to test your senses on that foundation. First, second, and then teaching. I so happen to have to be the teacher. But going forward, what we're going to establish is doctrine. We're going to establish teachers who will teach doctrine. So every time a person come in, they're going to go right through that order. 
They're going to understand the foundation. Then they're going to learn how to see according to that foundation. That's why you can't listen to every prophet. Because the prophecy has to be according to the foundation the apostle laid. Then you have to be taught. Then we will focus on miracles. See, we get it backwards. We come right in, we want miracles. Then gifts of healing. We come right in, we want to start healing. No, we need to lay a foundation first. We need to learn how to see, how to hear, how to test our senses. Then we need to learn, develop the mind. Then we are focused on doing some miracles. Is that not how Jesus did it? Or was he 12 years old in the temple doing miracles? Mm. He wasn't. He was learning. He was sitting. He was learning. He was asking questions. And he proclaimed that this is my father's business. He never said his father's business any other time. But when he was sitting down, learning, asking questions. Why? Because he understood order. First things first. If it is not first, it's not the focus. Apostles are sent first. Peter, Jesus was sent with the message of the kingdom. Then Peter was sent to the circumcised. Then Paul was sent to the uncircumcised. Every movement has to start with an apostle. It has to be first. Miles Monroe was an apostle. He started the kingdom movement. And then everybody named their church. <laughs> Never mind, let me stop. Okay. And so the first one was order and rank. The next one is combo. I got some interesting names for this. Work with me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first. Your boss, your parents, your husband, your friends, your cousin, your pastor. Seek first his kingdom, not the government. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. Order. Order. He said, seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. Then, let me say that again. He said, seek his kingdom and his righteousness first. That's a combination. You ever seen somebody get hit with a combo? That's a combination. Don't just seek the kingdom, seek his righteousness. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else to be added to you. Seek to learn about his household. Seek to learn his ways. We gotta stop ignoring these spiritual formulas. Just like I told you, if you, if you, if you want to know your purpose, the scriptures tell us, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, then he will direct your path. Well, why don't we know who we are and where we're supposed to go? We ignoring the formula. You don't trust them. 
with all your heart. You're not leaning on his understanding. You're still leaning on yours. In all your ways, you're acknowledging yourself and everybody else. But you're saying, show me. Show me who I am. I'm trying to. I need you to trust me with all your heart, not some of it. (laughs) I need you not to lean on your understanding, what you understand, what you read, what you study. Even if you study something, take it back. I just learned this, Father. What does this mean? In all your ways, acknowledge me. Don't just acknowledge me in your relationship. Don't wait till you dead broke. You ain't got no money, and then you want to acknowledge me. No, acknowledge me in all your ways. Then you can have the destiny. But we ignore it. Even when it comes to healing our communities, you can protest all you want to. Black lives matter, blue lives matter, all lives matter. It don't matter until we humble ourselves. And pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. He can't heal the land. He can't heal the community. That's why something I don't just waste my, I waste my time. Cause if you're not going to do it his way, it don't even matter. He can't heal your household until you do what? Humble yourself and pray and seek his face and turn from your wicked ways. Then, then, then he's a God of order. He's a father of order. Like I told, even when Jesus was teaching us how to pray, he said, our father, hold on, which art in heaven, hallowed be his name. His kingdom come, his will be done, then ask, give me. We don't care nothing about his kingdom. We don't care nothing about his will, nothing about his father, and we got both hands out. First things first. I'm giving you the recipe. I'm giving you the recipe. First things first. I know why people don't have. All you got to do is look at what they trust in. His household, his name, his glory, his systems. First things first. You have to do it how he said it. You can never do it how you say it, how you think you should do it and get results. It's the same thing in your household. Am I right, parents? Are the kids going to do it their way and get what they want? If not, they're going to be running your household and you're going to ask them to do something and they're not going to do it and they're going to still expect. And then when you have to hit them with the swipe or no swipe, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> you have to take stuff back and then they start to be thinking you wrong. That's the problem with in the body of Christ. We don't lift our hands. We don't pray. We don't praise because of what we don't have. Not caring about instructions. If you seek anything else before you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, it will fail. I can promise you that. I can promise you that. If you seek anything Else, before you seek his kingdom and his righteousness, it will fail. Like they used to say, you can take that to the bank. ATM, currency exchange, wherever you got to go with it. You will, Bitcoin, yeah, that too. It will fail. He has set it up so that this will only work when you do this. Our next one is, Losing hypocrisy. We're going to have a little fun today. At least I am. 
Matthew chapter seven, verse five. This is Jesus talking. He said, you hypocrites first take the log out your own eye. First, take the log out your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Order. Jesus said, if you find yourself being a hypocrite, I got some instructions in order to get you right. First, not second, not third, don't take the speck out your brother's eye and then come back and look at the log in yours. First, first remove the log. Why? Because your logs is your issues. The speck is, the, is your brother's issues. Tackling your log qualifies you to help others remove theirs. When you tackle your issues, it qualifies you and it also makes you more sympathetic. It makes you more empathetic because you begin to understand why people have issues. The people who rub me the wrong way is I don't have, no, you got issues too. You just don't see your issues. It's a reason Paul said I boast in my weaknesses. He didn't say I boast in my strengths. He said, I boast in my weaknesses. I find the things that I am weak at and I boast in them because I know when I do that, I get strength from heaven. I boast in my weaknesses. I don't have a problem telling people where I'm wrong at. I don't have a problem telling people what my problem is. I don't have a problem announcing that. You know why? Because I know what it qualifies me for. Jesus said, you hypocrites first. First. Take the log out your eyes. Take the log out your own eye. Removing your log, according to the scriptures, helps you to see clearly. <laughs> he says when you, when you tackle the log in your eye, you can now see clearly to help somebody else. So when I find out where I'm off, it gives me better discernment of how the father sees me. Then it gives me a better discernment of how he sees others. Are we going to have to move to the next one? Oh, y'all good? Okay, just want to make sure. This is how you lose and guard yourself from hypocrisy. Check yourself. Manage your spirit. Make sure your spirit is quiet. Make sure your spirit is peaceful. Is peaceful. If your spirit is not quiet, if your spirit is not peaceful, the first thing you need to do is see what's wrong with me. You know your mind be chaotic, going all over the place, running a marathon and a 100-yard dash at the same time while it's trying to hand out hot dogs and water, eating Skittles, riding on a moped at one time. Mind all over the place, and we never, and, and, and this is the worst thing you can do when that happens, blame others. Because it doesn't help you. It doesn't help you to point out what's wrong with everybody else when you're going through stuff. It does you no good. You need to go to the Father, run to the Father, right? <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, look, y'all can't sing, boy. That would have been it right there. The next one is connected. Connected. Romans chapter 11, verse 16. It says, if the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are as well. Let's deal with the first half of it. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. Now, this deals with first fruit, okay? The reason why he said this is because they would have lumps of dough, all right? And the whole thing behind this was this. You take the first lump of dough to feed the priest. By you doing that, you made the rest of the dough holy. This is where we get first fruit from. If you start your day off and you give it to the Father, then it makes the rest of your day holy. If you start your day off and you give it to everybody else except the Father, he can't make that holy. This is what you call first fruit. Every man of God of the Old Testament gave the first of their flock, the first of their silver, the first of their spices. They gave the first of everything that they had because they know if I give the first, he'll bless the rest. So the scripture lets us know if the first piece of dough is holy, means consecrated to the father. If I do the, if I do with this, the first if I take the first and do what he wants me to do with it, the rest of it will be blessed. That's why he instituted tithes and offering. It ain't to hold you hostage. He could have asked for 90 and told you to keep 10. Now, that's a complaint. I understand that complaint. Okay, I'd be the one handing out the numbers. But the whole purpose of him doing it is so that he can bless the rest. So he don't want you, don't, don't get it. Do what you want, spend the 90 and then try to hand them five, seven, eight percent. No. First thing you do is give him his. Let me read the scripture again because y'all looking at me crazy. If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. If you want the lump, if you want the 90, <laughs> if you want the 90 to be blessed or holy, consecrate the 10. It's the same thing with your life. Don't wait till you 70 and then give him your life. No, give him your youth. That's why the scriptures tell us train up a child in the way that they should go and they will not depart. Why won't they depart? Because you gave the youth, he said, I'll worry about him on the back end. You ain't got to grieve. You ain't got to cry. You ain't got to be frustrated. You ain't got to worry about what they doing and stuff, all that. He said, long as you give them to me at their youth. If you give me them at their youth, I'll make sure the whole of their life, I got them. Amen? All right. I hear move on in the spirit. Then it says, if the root is holy, 
the branches are as well. Meaning that the first part of the tree is holy, then the vine, the branches have to be holy. Then the, the, the trunk has to be holy. That's why the scripture tells us, according to 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, it's not up there. The Bible says that God is the head of Christ. Christ is the head of man. And man is the head of woman. We can't get that out of order. We can't, as humans, we can't supersede God's authority. No way. The way he says do it is the way we're going to have to do it. First things first. We couldn't get to him without Christ. It had to happen that way. God, Christ, man, woman. Order. Even with, even with Jesus. Jesus was the true vine. Connected to what? The root. Who is the root? The father. Who are the branches? Us. So all of our fruit that we bring forth will be because of the father and us being connected to the true vine because there's a lot of other vines you can be connected to. Same thing, and that could be found in John 15. So all of the fruit that you bring forth, that you bear, why is it? Because the root. It ain't because your gifts. It ain't because your talents. It ain't because your abilities. It's because you attached to the root. I hate to steal your fame, your glory, but all of the glory comes from the root. And whatever the root is attached to, that's what we get. The same thing with husband, wife, and children. That's the order. Amen? I'm going to move on in a second, but y'all going to get this. Y'all going to get this work. All right? Because the scripture says that if the root is holy, the branches are as well. Our father's holy. That's the only way you're holy. Which means that if the husband is not holy, it's going to be hard to maintain a holy wife. It's going to be hard to make the kids holy. It has to start with the husband. Now I hear all type of amens. Where is this coming from? Glory be to God. Now, hold on. <laughs> that can be found in Ephesians 5, 25 through 33. It's what we call the Eve effect versus the Adam effect. It didn't matter that Eve ate the fruit. It didn't matter. It was when Adam ate the fruit. So men, so men, when Eve come to you, I feel it. <laughs> if you just stick to what the father said, he'll check her. That's what Adam should have done. All Adam had to do is say, uh, nope, my father said. Why did he curse Adam? Because you heeded to that woman's voice over mine. Hold on. They got kind of, hold on. All right. They got kind of subtle all of a sudden. 
That's why he cursed Adam. He said, I'm cursing you because you heeded to the voice of that woman over mine. We have to keep order. First things first. And that can be found in Genesis chapter three. Amen. All right, let's move on. Because y'all don't seem like y'all ain't gonna listen to this one again, is you? Let's find out what that one part is. We're going to skip that. Greatness. How many of y'all want to be great? Well, the Bible said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greatness is your portion. Greatness belongs to you. As long as you attach to the Father, greatness belongs to you. There are no little destinies. Greatness belongs to you. Well, this is what Jesus said, how you get it. All right. Matthew chapter 20, verse 27. It says, and whoever desires to be first among you shall be your slave. Mm. Mm. And whoever desires to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. So he's telling us, if you want to be chief, if you want to be the ruler, if you want to have influence, you have to serve everybody, not have everybody serve you. So the father is saying that our greatness is in us first being servants and serving everybody else. That's totally opposite from the world. The world way of of bringing forth greatness is take their talent, everybody like it, and so now all of a sudden they start to serve your talent. That's one of the issues that happen in church. As soon as we come into church, we want to get paid for our talent. Really, we don't even know you. We need to find out what your character is first before we pay for your talent. (laughs) We need to find out what your, your promptness is. We need to find out what your heart looks like. We need to see what your diligence is about, your effort is about before we start to pay you. So greatness comes from servitude. Greatness comes from servitude. The reason why y'all never be greater than me because y'all never outserve me. I serve everybody. Amen? I serve everybody. I open my house. I open my studio. I'll give money, I'll give time, I'll give wisdom, I'll get education, and I'll pour it back into you. I don't care. You know why? Because I want what belongs to me. We're all great, but you can't find your great until you find a heart to serve. You can't. The greatness of our Father is looking for those who are willing to lose their life, deny themselves, give their will. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. (laughs) Ooh. You got to deny yourself. I like what I feel when I say that. You got to deny yourself. You got to deny yourself. You got to deny yourself. Pick up your cross, which means you know you about to die. And then follow. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, then follow. You can't die on the cross until people kill you. 
Okay? You can hammer your feet in. You can hammer this hand in. You be left with a hammer. People got to kill you. Somebody got to finish you. Mortal Kombat style. Somebody got to kill your flesh. It has to be people. This is his commodity. It's people. If you're not willing to serve people, there's no greatness in you. If you don't have a heart to serve his number one commodity, what did he die for? People. You have to deny yourself. Then the scriptures tells us that we have to lose our life. He said, if you lose your life, you will gain. So he's saying, as soon as you make up your mind that you're going to lose your life, I got a whole nother one waiting over here for you. That's what we talk about reward. Reward is the life he got waiting on you when you lose yours. Greatness is waiting on you to do what? Lose yours. You can't get greatness because you don't want to lose your life. You got your agenda. You got what you want to do. You got how you see things. The moment you forget how you see things and start to see things the way he see things, you'll get influence. Until then, you're dangerous with influence. Until you lose your life, you're dangerous with influence. Why do you think Jesus kept saying, I don't have a will? He said, my meat and my drink is to do the will of my father. I don't have a will. I mean, I don't have an appetite to do what I want to do. It ain't even there no more. Greatness. That's why we've seen his greatness. He didn't have an appetite to do anything else. You can't do nothing else but be led by the spirit when you get like that. Jesus proved his kingship by serving others and giving his will away. He gave away love and compassion when people attacked him. He on the cross. Father, forgive them. You ain't even on the cross. I'm going to drink to that. You ain't even on the cross. It won't forgive. He's on the cross. Then you've seen Stephen being stoned to death. Being stoned, how are you stoned to death and have a heart to ask the pe- ask your father, forgive those people. They don't know what they're doing. But that's when you've been in the word and you start wrestling with flesh and blood. You got to develop in you. It has to develop in you. Because until it develops in you, you're still alive. You can't wait to kick it off. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. <laughs> You got that pinky spirit. <laughs> Say it one more time. He asked the man a question. <laughs> what you doing in here? Shut up! <laughs> That's what you got to do to your soul. You better tell your soul, shut up! <laughs> Jesus proved his kingship by giving away love and compassion. By giving away his father's word. It was the reason why he said, the word that I speak is spirit and is life. It ain't just a word. It has some life behind it. You know why it has some life behind it? Because he lost his. Because it didn't have a will. Which means an effectiveness of your preaching would be your lost life. The effectiveness of your teaching. Your anointing is only as good as your death. Jesus proved his kingship by serving others and giving his will 
to the point he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can't come to the Father except you go through me, which means the, the, the way to get closer to the Father is to take that life, is to take that way, is to take his truth. Then finally, he accepted his father's death, the cross. Some of them died by being hung. Some of them died by being dipped in oil. Someone was excommunicated. The Bible says that when you get the Holy Spirit, you will have power to be what? Witness. That word witness in the Greek is the word martyr. He's giving you a power to die. Power to lose your reputation. Power to lose the opinions of others. Power to forget about what you want and just take on what he wants. But we ain't talking about that Holy Spirit type of power. We want gifts and miracles. We want to open the eyes of the blind. First things first. First things first. Die. I don't know how that sounds, but it, you know what I mean, right? All right. The next one is growth. Growth. Y'all enjoying this? Amen. Amen. Mark chapter four, verse 28, it says the soil produces crops by itself. First, the stalk, then the head, then mature grains. Now, this is order and importance. It's a reason why I tell y'all to listen to the podcast. Why? Because the soil produces crops all by itself. Spiritual teaching produces the crops all by itself. You ain't got to add no water or nothing. That's why when, when, when you come in the midst of community, Paul said it like this. One plant, one water. He get an increase. One bring them in, one teach. The father adds to it. The soil produces crops all by itself. When you get good spiritual teaching, good relational teaching, it produces crops all by itself all by itself so growth only happens one way you have to sit the seed in soil you have to sit the seed of Christ in community reason people ain't growing because they sit the seed in soil then they take the seed out (laughs) then they sit it again then they take it out They go through hard times, they put it in the soil. Things start going good, they take it out. You say listen to the podcast? Nope, they don't. They listen to everything else but what you tell them to listen to. But the soil produces crops all by itself. All you have to do is pour the information into your soul and it produces it by itself, just like the way when you listen to certain music. The same how we take on the visual we see in our household. The soil produces crops all by itself. The movies, the things we put into our ears, our eyes, it produces the crop all by itself. That's why the Bible, that's why the scriptures tell us, you know a tree. You know a tree by what? The fruit. <laughs> the fruit tells where the seed been sitting. The fruit tells the soil. That's why I tell you, don't listen to nobody 
in their music if their life is not godly because the seed been sitting in demonic soil and now it's giving it to your ears. It's going to produce it all by itself. You ain't got to ask it. You ain't got to hum, chant. You ain't got to do none of that. You ain't got to roll your eyes back your head, hold your hands like this. You ain't got to do yoga stances. You ain't got to do none of that. Just put it on play. And instantly, the demonic is feeding you. Just like if you come into church and you hear the word, it's going to feed you. Just like if you hang out with the Pharisees, you're going to get nothing but law. You're going to get legalism. And every time you make a mistake, you're going to feel what? Guilt, shame. Jesus told him, he said, beware of the, fa- the leaven of the Pharisees. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Beware of those who are trying to impose law on you because I came to bring a kingdom. So growth happens one way. You must sit the seed, which is Christ, in the soil and leave it there. And then let nature just take its course. First the stalk. First the stalk. But you know what? You won't recognize the stalk. We'll recognize it. I can tell the stalk when people change their, the way they talk. I can tell when they change their behavior. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell. They wouldn't come to church. They wouldn't get on the prayer call. Then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Boom. I ain't, I ain't going to stop doing this. And then you start seeing the change. You start seeing the commitment. The commitment ain't to the pastor. It's that they've been sitting in that soil long enough that they now have a made up mind. And when the made up mind happened, the, the, the seed hatched and first the stalk. Then the head. Then mature grain. So you don't see fruit from the soil. You don't see a plant of apple seed. And then the first thing you see is the apple. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. It has to stay there and continuously get watered, 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 watered. Then you, you see the tree come out the ground, but you don't even see no leaves yet. <laughs> then you see the branches growing. Now you see leaves, but you don't see no apples yet. So what do you do? Do you take the tree up and move it to a better location so we can get apples? No, the work has already started. Jesus was divine and he had to grow. How did he grow? Sitting, listening, asking questions. Did I tell y'all that's the only time in the Bible he said it's about his father's business? Was when he was learning? Was he, when he was in community college? Growth happens over time and is observed. Like I told you, you don't, you don't see nobody picking apples out the ground. You just don't see it. <laughs> all right. The next one, mission. I'm not going to get through all these. I told you I'm not. I tried to tell her she didn't want to listen. No, I'm, not, I'm just playing. Mission. Mark 7, 27. Let me see how many I got to go. Yeah, I'm a, I might not do them all. 
And he was saying to her, let the children be satisfied first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Mission first. Mission first. Okay. Jesus knew his mission and refused to deviate even to help someone who had a demon possessed child. Now you would think if any reason he should stop. Make some adjustments would be to help somebody who had a demon possessed child. He said, let the children be satisfied first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Ain't nothing wrong with feeding the homeless. You better make sure that's your mission. (laughs) It's very humane. You might get some respect, some pat on the back, but you better make sure that's your mission. The Bible said do good to all men, but especially, (laughs) but especially the household of faith. So you can do, do good to all men, but first things first. Jesus was mission focused. He refused to be distracted by the religious folks. Focus. He refused to be distracted by demonic encounters. Focused. He refused to be uh, uh, distracted by his disciples. The ones he was even, he was given to teach. He refused to be. He was, he refused to even be distracted by his own family. Your mother, your brother, your sister, they're out there waiting on you. Who is my family? <laughs> Those who do the will of my father. I got a whole nother mindset. I, I, look, I, I thank God for stepdaddy Joseph. <laughs> thank God for him. <laughs> Wonderful stepfather. He treated my mother well when he found out she was pregnant. <laughs> and it wasn't his. <laughs> I appreciate him. But who is my family? Those who do the will of my father. I got an entirely different mission. I know my mission. My mission is not to get sidetracked doing everything for everybody else. And that ain't my mission. I got, look, I'm the second oldest of 11. Don't none of them come for y'all. Got a mother and a father. Don't none of them come for y'all. Why? Mission. I can go out there and try to save them. That'd be heartache. Confusion. Some of y'all like y'all feel me. It's hard to make somebody do something when that ain't your mission. You ain't called to do that. Jesus told a man, look, let the dead bury the dead. Now you would think that's a place for compassion. My people just died. Okay, let the dead bury the dead. What you going to do at the funeral? <laughs> what you going to do? You going to cry? And then, but you can cry on the way to your mission. He understood order. Obedience is better than sacrifice. It's better to 
get up and do what the father tell you to do, then sacrifice what people are going to say. Obedience is better than sacrifice. It's a reason why his language was, I must do. Mm. I only do. The son can only do what they see the father do. Which means he wasn't even looking at nobody else. I'm only doing what I see the father doing. He understood something that the church don't understand. Predestination. Called. First Timothy 3 and 10. I got 11 minutes. First Timothy 3 and 10. These men must also first be tested. Yeah. Then have them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. Read that again. These men also must also first be tested. Then have them serve as deacons if they are beyond reproach. I want to get some synonyms of uh, reproach. Okay. If they are beyond criticism. If they are beyond reprimand. Blame, reproof, scolding, rebuke, accusations, admonition. He said, test them. Only use them if they are beyond reproach. If they can't be corrected, don't use them. If they can't be reprimanded, don't use them. Order. Am I reading the scripture right? Okay. These men also must also first, first. So the first thing you're going to deal with is what? The test. The test. I told you, I know my wife will tell you, I'm, a, I'm the king of doing it. I know what the scriptures say. So I'm just going to do what the scriptures say. I don't care if you like it. She'll tell you, I'm going to be husband regardless. I'm going to do what the, what the scriptures say about husband, I'm going to do it. Whether she do it or not, it don't matter to me. I'm going to do it anyway. We can argue. <laughs> I'm going to do what he said as a husband. As an apostle, as a leader, I'm going to do what the scriptures say. The scriptures say I can teach you, I can rebuke you, and I can correct you. So I'm going to do it. Whether you like it or not, I don't care. You can get up and leave. You can do what you want to do. But as soon as you get there, it's going to be another test. If you're trying to be qualified. (laughs) You will have to earn the right to have rank. You have to earn the right to have rank in the spirit. You have to earn the right to be a pillar. Rank, influence, honor, government authority all have to be tested, which means you have to do what? Be examined. You got to be scrutinized. I told you, a pastor told me one time, you ain't a man. You barely produce piss. That's what the man told me. (laughs) Now, what I wanted to do was, was the reason why it was said to me. The inner me 
was a pit bull off the chain. And they had on a line, on a pork chop vest. But that's why it was said. So you can see what's standing up on the inside. That's the best definition of submission I heard by John Paul Jackson. He said, this is submission. He said, you got a baby standing up, standing up, throwing the food, throwing the food. You tell the baby to sit down, they don't sit down. Tell them to sit down again, they don't sit down. Then they sit down, but they fold their arms, which means they sitting down, but they standing up on the inside. Submission is when you sit down on the inside. That's submission. When you sit down on the inside, when somebody tell you something and you're not bubbling, you might tell me what to do. You think you're, I'm a man just like you. What you talking about? I run this. Man, what you doing? What you ain't doing it? Mm-hmm. You flunking the test and don't nobody hear you, but we test you, but we ain't grading you. We may give you the test, but he's going to give you the grade. You got a D minus on that one, buddy. You got a C on that one. You almost there. I told you, I used to love, somebody say something to me, first thing come to my mind was slap the taste out their mouth. Okay? It was the first thing come to my mind. AD, am I right? He know, as soon as I say, say it again. That, that means next time you say it, these hands, these white pliers are going to be on you. That was my problem. Okay? This is how I grew. I had to let people say something to me and then not do nothing. You a punk. You gonna let them talk to you like that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm being tested for something that he gonna give me. They ain't got nothing to give you. The people who telling you a punk, you a chunk, you gonna let them say that to you? Look and see what they got to give you. Okay? So I stopped hitting people, but I was still fighting. On the inside. On the inside, there was this, that, son of a this, all that. Being cussed out to the highest of cussivity. Is that a word? Okay. He said, you understand it though? <laughs> the way I knew I was growing, growing is when they said something and I was like, bless them. Stop wrestling with flesh and blood. When my spirit became quiet, that's why when it comes to, 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 to the daughters, the father said, this is what's precious in his sight, a meek and a quiet spirit. It's for the men too, but especially for his daughters. A meek and a quiet spirit. I mean, your husband said something and you was quiet. You didn't want to do it, you did it, but your spirit was quiet. It's a growth process. It takes time now. It takes practice. <laughs> Even on Saturdays. But it's something you have to do if you're going to grow. If you can't shut your spirit off, then holding this mic, you're going to really be flustered. Because them, boy, y'all mind, y'all be out there talking. I'll be like, God, dog, cut it off. <laughs> you hear all type of stuff from up here. And you see it. But like I told you, your destiny is great. All right. So the question is, no, watch this. You have to be proved. You have to be proved. The Bible says that we have to prove what is his acceptable and perfect will. The Bible says prove your ministry. Jesus had to go through the wilderness. 40 days. No food. Devil talking, talking, talking. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. Try this. Try that. 
And Jesus had to do what? Quiet his spirit and say, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of his mouth. In other words, I heard you, but my father's still talking. Then he got to the point he told him, Satan, just be quiet. You're going to only worship my father, him only. No matter what you say. How did he get to that point? About his father's business. How did he find himself in scripture about his father's business? So the question is, can you be corrected? Can you follow instructions? You have to see it as kingdom business. Let's move on to the next one. Down payment. Down payment. Y'all know what down payment is, don't y'all? A down payment is, is when you put down a lump sum but you still got to pay payments. Amen. How many I got? Okay, I got two more after this, so I'm, uh, I might exceed my time a little bit. Is that all right with y'all? Give me 10 minutes. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. It says, in him... You also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the first installment of our inheritance. Or down payment. In regard to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. So this is first in time and order. As a child of God, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your first installment, your first down payment that heaven wants to give you is the Holy Spirit. He wants you to pray in tongues. He wants you to walk with that presence. All right. He wants you to have the power to be a witness, which means when the spirit comes upon you, these three things, these four things are going to happen. The first thing going to happen is your soul is going to be developed. All right. The second thing that's going to happen is going to be angelic presence. You're going to have the power to command angels, then gifts of the spirit, then miracles. But the first installment of our inheritance is the Holy Spirit. That's why it says the Holy Spirit sealed us. The Holy Spirit is an incubator. That's why it calls it a comforter. So he's saying the first thing I'm giving my children after they're born again is a comforter, is an advocate, is a helper. What the Holy Spirit does is it provides his household presence while you are on earth here. So if the first installment or the down payment, that means he has plenty more to give you. That's why I tell y'all, don't worry about all them gifts. Don't worry about all that. Don't worry about all that. This is the Holy Spirit is the first installment of, of plenty of payments to come. Plenty of rewards to come. Moving kind of fast now. Y'all run with me. Agape. First John. Chapter four, verse 19. We love. Why? Because he first loved us. Why do we love? Because he first loved us. So what does that mean? 
We can't love until we first receive love. This word love is the word agape. You can never give agape away, godly, unconditional love away until you have first received it. So we love him because he first loved us. Jesus told his disciples, he said, as the father loved me, I now love you. Remain in that love. Order. But I have been part or have heard, okay, I'm trying to be good, where it is always taught for you to love God. You love God. You love God. You love him. And we try. We try. I love you, Lord. No, you don't. You ain't got an ounce of agape in you. You know why you don't have an ounce in you? Because you ain't received none. We love one another because he first loved us. God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't give because we loved him. The Bible says while we were yet in sin, totally against everything he thought, totally against his plan, don't care what he got to say, he sent his son. So we have to first receive his love, then we can give. Agape is unconditional, and it has to be given unconditionally. When he said he so loved the world, once we have agape in us, that means we are supposed to love people no matter how demonic they are. No matter how challenged they are. No matter how rebellious they are. Like I tell other folks, I don't care what you do with your people, but I'm going to labor with mine until Christ is formed. I don't care what, look, I don't, I don't care what your issue is. I'm there until Christ is formed. I'm there until the change happens. That's agape. I'm not, look, let's kick them out. <laughs> they ain't giving. They ain't coming on time. They ain't praying. They ain't praising. What's wrong with these people? That's what got Moses kicked out the promised land. That's what got. That's the reason Moses didn't make it in the promised land. People, speak to the rock. They frustrated me, struck it. You know what, bro? You disqualified yourself to be a leader. You can't go in the promised land. Where Joshua at? <laughs> and soon as he start talking to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Because <laughs> he know, boy, people, boy, Y'all don't know if you got kids, that growth process ain't no joke. It ain't, it's not, it's not, it ain't no joke. But we're here for the purpose of seeing them all the way through. So right now, parents, I pray for patience in the name of Jesus. <laughs> all right, this is my last one. Okay. Losing religion. How many of y'all want to lose religion? Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew chapter 23, verse 26. You blind Pharisee. First, clean the inside of the cup and of the dish so that the outside of it may become clean. So Jesus said, 
If you want to lose your religion, if you want to lose your legalistic ways, because legalism, the people who are strong in legalism are people who are very disciplined. Most of the time, it's people who don't have much going on in their head. The reason why I tell you I teach the gospel the way I do is because I had a rugged past. And that remains in your head. Okay? You don't get saved and everything that happened to you in your past leave. Okay, Paul had to train himself. He said, one thing I do do is forget about the past. Satan bring it back up, but he forgot. Okay, and so Jesus said, if you're going to lose your religion, first clean the inside. Purify your heart, cleanse your soul through what? The soul algorithm. Whatever you put into your mind, Goes into your soul and it comes out your heart. Just like whatever you put in your mouth, it goes into your stomach and it comes out as waste. The way that you have to do it, you have to cleanse your mind. That's why I keep telling you, all you're going to have to go through a season of your life where you're going to have to cut off everything that ain't God. Cleanse your mind. Because when you cleanse your mind, then now your soul is able to receive the things of the Father. And now your heart changes. So you have to first clean the inside so that the external behavior will be holy. The inside has to be holy before the outside can be. What we want to do is, you know, you can put on clean clothes and still be dirty. You can put on spanking brand new clothes and still stink. And you impressed with your clothes, but everybody smell you. You walk, look at, mm mm-hmm, but bruh, (laughs) that's sharp. That's nice. (laughs) Your clothes nice, but you're not sure. So you have to clean the inside. In starting this ministry, the father told me, he said, forget everything you learn, and I'm going to reteach it to you. Now, you know, that's scary to hear that voice. I want you to forget everything that you, I was in one denomination for 10 plus years. Forget everything they taught you and I'm going to give it back to you correctly. I need you to do what? Cleanse yourself. Cleanse yourself of all that religious foolishness so that I can reteach you according to your assignment. That's why Jesus told him, you can't put this new wine in them old wine skins because this new wine is going to make you expand. And if it's old wine skins, it's going to bust open. And all the new wine going to come right out. And that's exactly what happened. I try to tell people about sonship. And because it's new wine, they don't want it. Or what they try to do is they try to take the new wine and put it in their old foolishness. But it's, what happens is as soon as they find something in Scripture, they go against what they thought they knew, they abandon sonship. Until your heart is clean, all of you is filthy. Until you, the Bible said from the issues, from, from the heart flows the issues of life. Until you clean out your heart, deal with your heart situation, all of you is filthy. This is the difference between obeying the law and being disciplined. 
Okay, there's a difference between legalism and relational teaching. And you know what it is? The presentation of the gospel. The gospel has no legalism in it. Repent, because the kingdom is a hand. I told you, Jesus told the Pharisees, I mean, told his, his disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What he was letting them know is, there's several different ways you can make yeast. Yeast is supposed to be a natural thing. But you can make baking soda. That's a man-made leaven. It's stuff that makes the word rise, but God didn't put it there. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They talk good. He said, they're official keepers of the law, but don't do nothing they say. So they know the law. They can interpret it, all 700 of them probably. But he said, but it's their behavior. Heart ain't clean. He told me, y'all like a dead man's tomb. On the outside, the casket looked better than on the inside. So, first things first, okay? We have to keep the order of spiritual things. If we don't, we could never be walking right. And this is the way the Father sees things. This ain't the way I see things. You notice me when I teach. I show you right in the scriptures. The Bible said that. I didn't say that. So, he letting you know that, look, this is how I see things. Amen? Hallelujah.